Hi, this is Star with Natural Pet Care Podcast. In this podcast, we will have a question and answer session between Andy and Lori of Nature's Pharmacy about recognizing your pet symptoms. Is it allergies or yeast? If you're interested in learning more about this, please visit www.naturespharmacy.com or call 1-800-733-4981. Now, here are Andy and Lori. Hi, this is Andy with Nature's Pharmacy, and today we are going to talk about allergic dogs and yeasty dogs and the difference between them. And I'm here with Lori Pickett, who is the president of Nature's Pharmacy. And so, Lori, uh, we're going to talk about uh, allergic dogs and yeasty dogs. And uh, I know a lot of dogs, uh, they Think they their owners think they have allergies um, so what do you think the difference is between an allergic dog and a yeasty dog well hi Andy it's nice to be here today allergies and yeast are two different things but manifest themselves very similarly in the dog in their symptoms and um, and reactions allergies tend to be truly something they quickly react to in the form of an allergic reaction hives or swelling or lips swelling or intense itching. So an allergy is something that they very quickly, immediately, short term, overnight, within hours, have an allergy to such as a bee sting type of reaction. Yeast is developed over usually a pretty long period of time that it takes to build a yeast, a colonization in the body, in the system, we call it systemic yeast. over quite a bit of time of feeding a dog food or a pH balanced meal that does not promote the proper pH of the system and really allows the system to get um, way friendly for yeast to develop and grow in areas of the bodies that they wouldn't, such as the groin, the belly, ears, uh, between the toes, different areas of the body where yeast can grow. Because the pH of the body changes so much, yeast can grow in places it never could grow before. And that is influenced by mainly diet and ingredients in dog food and, and supplementation. So basically an allergy is a quick reaction, almost like bee sting type reaction, hives, swelling, whereas yeast is more long-term developing symptomatic situation of smell, wetness, uh, ears, bad breath, body odor, feet, between the toes, um, blackened skin on the belly, all of these are more yeasty issues versus allergies. But a lot of them are very similar to each to each other in the symptoms that you see in a dog that is either an allergy dog or a yeasty dog. Okay, so if you're looking at a dog, you, you have a dog, you know, I've had my dog for a while, and uh, it seems to be, I've noticed that the dog is... Um, developing some symptoms, uh, maybe itching, and uh, maybe has some kind of gunk in in his ears. Is that more likely to be allergy or yeast? That's probably yeast. Uh, More long-term, it didn't happen overnight. Um, We're seeing gunk in the ears. Dogs don't sweat, remember, so to get toxins out of their body, they needed to come out of their feet, in their ears, their pads, Um, Those are some of the main areas they can get rid of toxins other than out through their intestinal tract. Ah. So that's an important part of 
of a yeasty dog is we're going to see those symptoms uh, in those areas. So, so if a dog, if a dog is having symptoms in those areas, what would say in your feet, groin? You said, what's the dog going to be doing? That 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 we well, notice. Well, licking, itching, smell. Um, there's usually a very pungent odor. Um, not even a doggy odor, but a different kind of. Some people explain it as a Fritos that smells like corn chips. Okay. Odor that's a yeasty thing. Um, so there's a definite strong symptoms of yeast and it, and allergies wouldn't really have if it's truly an allergy and it was a quick reaction there's not gonna have time to manifest an odor a gunk in the ears those things are not likely to happen so that's kind of um, what you're gonna see with yeast a little long term um, and it could be eight years it could be eight weeks it could be eight days that you start seeing some yeasty symptoms so yeast does manifest itself over time but it can be as early as a week or two that you're starting to get a yeasty dog if you change foods or they've been on the same food forever but maybe your food changed slightly or they've just reached a point in their nutritional levels that now their pH has been sliding for a while but now it's manifesting it and now they're getting yeasty okay so, so they might have reached some kind of tipping point you might say yeah, they've, they've reached a plateau. They're, they're no longer tolerant of their food. They've absorbed and used and taken in as much of the negative values in their food as they can, and now they're overloaded, and now it's starting to come out through their feet and their ears and their, their skin of their body um, in the form of smell, itching, red skin, wetness. A yeasty dog almost has a wetness to their skin. They may be dry, have a dry flakiness but still be wet and moist, so it is a pretty specific um, symptoms that a yeasty dog will have. But each system, each symptom comes along in steps almost um, to the point where you get all of these things together and your dog is usually, you know, very yeasty at that point and needs some major changes to, to put them on the path to health and correct that. Okay, so now we're talking about why this happens and why, why, we're, why we see yeasty dog uh, symptoms. So what... Is it, you, you touched on it a little bit, what is it that, uh, that is happening with the dog? You mentioned food. How, what is it that's causing it to develop these yeasty symptoms? Well, when you feed a dog too much grain, carbohydrate, and now starches, your grain-free foods are full of starch, which is almost more volatile than grains ever were. So grain, starch, um, sugars, all of these things that are in dog foods, whether it's canned or dry food, they all contain some form of these ingredients. There's a lot of hidden salt and sugar in dogs' foods too, be that dry food or wet food, that can constantly be altering their pH mm. to, to a pH level that allows yeast to grow. Yeast should be in the body naturally. It's an important part of their digestion and we all harbor natural yeast, which is a good thing. But when it becomes more avenues of the body allow the yeast to reproduce and they can move into these areas in the body and systems then we get a systemic yeast so how it happens is through feeding what's considered good dog food um, no supplements usually some of our <laughs> our best worst case scenarios of yeasty customers dogs have been fed a really super good dry food their whole life and suddenly at, at eight or ten years old they take a nosedive and they're just terribly yeasty even though they've been on the same food their whole life so they've either reached a maximum level of absorption of their food and nutrients and now their ph has just really really gone off the deep end um, or we 
they need a supplementation boost. We have customers that do use good premium dog foods and use good supplements and still maintain a yeast-free dog. So that's good. But ultimately, it's the, the long-term feeding of a dry food or a canned food or both, in most cases, not all, that slowly alters that pH to allow the yeast to invade. So we need, that's oh. kind of how we see it happen. Okay, so uh, you mentioned grain-free and then you also mentioned starches and sugars. So it sounds like uh, even a dog food that's considered a premium dog food, it might have a fundamental problem because of the starch content or sugar or starch content, uh, whether it's grain or something else. All uh, dog foods, remember canned dog food is cooked in the can. Okay. So it's very highly processed that way. Dry dog food, no matter what brand it is, no matter what the ingredients are, has to be very highly cooked and also has to have ingredients that allow it to be um, trucked around the country, stored in non-climate controlled mm. areas. So the foods have to be made to be saleable and uh, able to travel around the country and have shelf lives and maybe be in a pet store or feed store that doesn't have any air conditioning or things like that. So the foods are designed to have to be very, very stable. So they're very, very processed. Ah. And they also get lots of, and that's easy to do with dog food because you can put a lot of grain and carbohydrates and starches in there and it makes the product very stable. So ah. that's why we get the product in of dog food that has so many of the negative ingredients is it's required to make it saleable and truckable around our country. Right. So I've even seen uh, tapioca in some dog food uh, uh, ingredients lists. Many um, things qualify as ingredients, approved ingredients for dog food. Um, there's really, in the end result of a finished dog food product, there's not a lot of meat. It is grains and cereals and starches and sugars and salts to keep it stable and also flavor it so that dog will eat it too. So when you understand that it's not your dog food's fault that it's not the best for your particular dog if you're getting allergies or yeast symptoms, it's that that food has to be made that way in order to be sold in this country. So a good way to understand that is it's always a potential problem for your dog to have issues like yeast and allergies if you continue with a processed food that comes from a dog, a dog food bag or a can. Okay. Right, this is starting to make some sense. Uh, so, if the dog, if we have a dog with this problem, um, you know, the dog's not happy, uh, and we have an idea that it might be the food that's causing it, uh, what can we do? Uh, you know, you have, you've been going to the store and buying food. Uh, what are the alternatives? Uh, what do we do? Well, generally, if we're going to make a change and we are ready to make that change. We want to do diet, we want to do supplements, uh, and we want to address the, the clean factor in our food. We want you to be able to see that food, smell it, look at it, you bought it, and, and put it in front of your dog, and you were in control of that from start to finish. So that's where a homemade diet comes into play. That's um, easy to do. It's Everybody can get to a grocery store, so it's um, a program anyone is able to do. And so we do a diet card that we pr produce for our customers, and they're free. If you're placing an order online with us or order by phone, you can get a free copy of it, a laminated sheet. It's easy to follow, very simple ratios of food of between meat and vegetable. So homemade diet is important. Um, 
even doing a, a raw diet if you would like, but generally we like to start with a simple homemade diet that is a cooked diet, so it's easier to manage and you can do it at home following our card. Um, so then we want the, we want good food, we want vegetables and meats, we want clean food. So that is a very important part of taking a yeasty dog and doing this. And I kind of jokingly tell a lot of, of the customers that we work with, it's kind of like going to the fat farm, if you will, in the old days, where they, when you get there, it's all about diet and exercise and rest and clean water and, you mm. know, everything in moderation. And we attack every angle of your health. The same is true with the homemade diet for the dog, is we want to look at the water that they're drinking possibly. How, what is it, you know, is your, on tap water, maybe they need some filtered water. The, the best quality meat and veggies that you can get and that you can afford um, to use are very good supplements. We'd recommend um, our, our dog Zymes Probiotic Max is what we start most of our allergy or yeast dogs out on. It's our strongest probiotic um, and enzyme blend that we make. It's very palatable. It's a great product for that. And we have a, also a good vitamin mix, which is vitamins, minerals, and omegas. And that is our Dogzyme's Ultimate. They're two very good products to start with. A strong probiotic to help that body pH get balanced. And then a strong vitamin and mineral to get that skin healed up quickly. Very yeasty dog, too. We might put some coconut oil in there in the diet, um, which can also be used topically, but and it is a good feed additive. We have organic coconut in our vitamin mix Ultimate already but extra coconut oil on a yeasty dog is a great idea. So okay. those are kind of some steps of what you want to do. Clean food, fresh food, but doing the whole picture, the total, the total project. Don't just pick one item and, and change it. Got to do everything at once. Seems to make the quickest result. Okay, so looking back on our conversation so far, it sounds to me like uh, uh, we're talking about a dietary disease, which is a similar, which is a, a familiar refrain from what you read about human nutrition, that a lot of humans get dietary diseases from highly processed food. So here we are talking about dogs having basically a dietary yeasty disease. And so it's not surprising that we want to change the diet and add some uh, extra supplemental duties to make sure that the dogs are doing well and that they can start to recover from the imbalance that they've had drink well, the same amount of water? Or is, are their poop there, gonna change in any way? Some, sometimes like there are some distinct changes, all beneficial. Sometimes people will call and say that you are going to see the dog be maybe in a better mood or not as uh, active or not as overactive, that they are calmer. Uh, um, okay. Or perhaps their urination pattern has slowed down a little bit. Um, and those are easy to, to explain because many times getting the sugar and salt out of their diet changes their mood and behavior just like it would with a child that suddenly takes a lot of sugar out of their diet. Um, we see that with the animals. So we can have a dog who's very, was maybe very frustrated or very anxious is calmer. Sometimes we've seen that. We've certainly seen um, ur urination patterns change because some dog foods have a lot of salt in them and now you put them on a very low sodium but safe and natural level for that so that may change um, okay so yeah. I, I asked the wrong question first here's the first question I should have asked um, what what results uh, can we expect improvement in the yeast symptoms and how long is that going to take sometimes believe it or not if you start out with 
the diet and in two days time you transitioned your dog from a straight dog food diet to a complete homemade diet and honestly you can do that in two to four days complete changeover um, within that week sometimes we hear from customers that the dog is already less itching there's less redness um, all of those initial symptoms we talked about feet mm -hmm. bad breath body odor um, itching the gunky ears, all those things start to reduce in as early as a week. We have seen it before. Normally, a month is a really good time frame for a dog that is pretty darn yeasty and pretty far along in the in the program of being, being in trouble. Mm -hmm. So we like to say a month. We like to get people to understand you really need to commit to a month. Um, that's going to be your biggest change. Okay. Uh, is it going to be in a straight line? Like, is the dog going to go from... Uh, bad to good without any fluctuations or what can we expect? Well, we, we expect to see pretty good transition and everything to improve, to improve right along in a gradual um, transition. Sometimes we see a dog get worse after a week or 10 days, but that's actually a good thing because we know they're detoxing. Their body is seeing that you're giving it better fuel, cleaner fuel, and it's trying to get rid of all of the bad um, elements it has harbored and stored and taken in. So sometimes we are glad to see some of these symptoms. We see maybe um, a different stool, a different pet. The stool is different color. The stool is maybe a loose stool. I'm thrilled to see that because I know they're cleaning their gut out. They're getting rid of the bad bacteria and the pH and, the, and everything that's living in the gut that's allowing that yeast to live there. They're cleaning it out. The good bacteria are coming in there and doing their job for that animal. So we, we may see those things, but that's not, a, that's not a, anything to be afraid of. That's actually a good thing. And some dogs that are bad enough in yeast invasions have got to go through that stage too. But we just go through it. We work through it. And we get over it, and after that period, if that does happen, and doesn't always happen, um, the dog is much better in 10 to 14 days after that. Okay, so uh, something, uh, we see a temporary decline, we just need to keep, keep uh, doing what we're doing, and uh, you're certainly welcome to call and uh, uh, consult a little bit to see if uh, uh, there might be some specifics that you're missing. Oh, sure. We're always here to help you with questions. There are no silly questions. Um, every, every dog and every um, person is different in their lifestyle and what they do with their dog and what, how they live and what their time frame and daily schedule is. So some of those things we, you need help in, in getting down a program that works for you and the dog. We can give you pointers on where to shop to get your homemade food, um, different supplements that you might need from us and to get the right sizes. And you know the, the results you get with your dog are, dependent on the age of your dog. How far along has your dog been with this yeasty problem? What's the duration they've had this problem? Um, what symptoms are you seeing? Are you seeing all the bad symptoms you're at that point? Are you just starting to see symptoms? So all those are dependent on the time frame of when you're going to see things get better. But there really is, there's no medication, there is no programs that we have seen that do anything but put a band-aid on the yeast situation. We want to fix it from the inside out. That's the only way to get rid of it and work it out of your, your dog's system and get your dog healthy again. And it's not something they're stuck with for life. We can help you change this. And it is a positive thing. The dog usually loves it. You find it to be easy. Everybody's happy. And we get your dog well 
and get through this period. And many people choose to stay with a homemade diet or they move to some other food maybe down the road that's raw or that type of thing. But many people are very happy with just sticking with our homemade diet. They can do it. They can get the ingredients. The dog is good with it and you get the results that you're you're trying to achieve. Okay, now speaking of, uh, since you mentioned the dog's life, it sounds like if you wanted to avoid uh, yeast infection, uh, you might want to just start a dog out on this kind of diet. Oh, sure. Uh, when sure. maybe after weaning, or uh, if you just get a new dog that's an older dog, you might want to just transition them to this diet and maybe avoid problems uh, that come up like this. This sounds like uh, we might be avoiding some vet bills doing this. Well, yes, and we see that. We have a lot of folks that use our diet and have for years and have used it on, you know, maybe they've been with us 10 or 20 or even 30 years. You know, our company's been in business over 35 years with helping people uh, with their dog health problems. So we've got uh, customers that maybe they adopt an older dog. Maybe they're, they've had a dog since puppyhood. Um, you can do homemade diet from day one. From the minute that puppy is weaned from nursing, they can have homemade food. You can get a rescue dog that's in terrible condition and you don't know their nutritional history and put them on this diet and immediately changes occur that are positive and you have a happy dog and you don't have the vet bills. You're not going to the vet all the time for the ear infections or the coat problems or itching or those things can change and reduce and completely eliminate in most cases. So we can, don't be afraid of a problem dog. Don't be afraid to adopt a dog that has these type of issues. Um, we can help you to make that dog healthy again. And it, there's a little bit of work to doing this. There's a little bit of work to doing any new project, but this is very uh, doable. It's simple. We help you. We're here for you. And that's the, what you need to know. It's sometimes hard to think about doing a whole new diet program without having someone to go along with you and, and give you the pointers and the tips you need on saving money and saving time. That's important when you're trying to do a homemade diet. We want you to be able to be successful at this. Okay, great. Uh, sounds like we have a plan here. So uh, if you want specifics on the plan, uh, hop over to our website or give us a ring and we'll help you out with it. Thanks for listening. Thank you. The statements made in this podcast have not been evaluated by the FDA. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe for future podcasts.